Amen. Well, do have a seat. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this morning so far. My name is Graham. I've got the delight of being the minister here at uh, Brunsfield. And it's a true joy. It's always a joy to see the nativity. Um, I'll be honest and say, I thought this morning has been really quiet. I don't know about you, it's been really quiet. So what I thought we'd do to get the room a bit energized is just to turn to your neighbor. And here's what I want you to discuss. What is your favorite Christmas film? Okay, 30 seconds, make a lot of noise. What is your favorite Christmas film? I must say as well, if you have a creche kids or anybody under preschool, we've got creche and different activities next door if you want to make use of that. So that's through the doors behind me. Favorite Christmas film, 30 seconds. Favorite Christmas film. It's a big question, isn't it? There's a lot to choose from, but maybe shout out if yours comes up on the, on the screen. We've got the, this is why I like, I like to categorize them, okay? We've got the ones in the, the classic Christmas category. So, we've got the snowman. Very little love for the snowman, I'm hearing. Uh, we have the Muppets Christmas Carol. Him like that one, that's a classic, yeah. We have, and this was voted number one actually, favorite ever Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life. Never seen it. Fourth one, Miracle on 34th Street. That's a classic, isn't it? Okay, so then we've got the modern-day Christmas classics. Now, this is maybe where I start to kick in. Okay, this, this, this for me for, was Christmas for years. Was it Home Alone? It's a good one. We have The Holiday. Yeah, oh, wow. One very keen <laughs> holiday fan. Okay, definitely this one. Love, actually. Hugh Grant doing his best Hugh Grant thing. We love Hugh Grant, don't we? Here's, here's the last one. I love this one. Polar Express. It's a good one, is it? Boys and girls, we've even got the ones that are in there, and this is what I like to call the ones that the adults pretend not to like, but actually love category. Okay, so, is it just me? Right? We pretend not to love that one. And we definitely, adults, we definitely pretend not to like this one. Okay? This is my life at the minute, is this film. Incredible. But I wonder, here we go, we're thinking about Christmas films. I wonder if you've ever thought about the fact that all these films that we love have essentially got the same storyline. Essentially got the same storyline, okay? So they start out happy. Start out happy. Life is good. People are friends. Things are going well. But then for one reason or another, the happiness, it turns to heartache. And smiles turn to frowns. And laughter turns to sadness and joy turns to pain. So what do we need in our heartache? Well, we need a hero. We need an unexpected hero. We need a brave hero. We need a selfless hero who will sacrifice themselves for the good of the ones that they love. And then because of the hero, what do we end up with? We end up with harmony. Don't we enemies? They become friends. Wrongs are put to right. Fighting turns to hugging. It is happy, heartache, hero, harmony. Essentially, it's the script, it's the plot, it's the storyline to every good Christmas film. And it's the storyline that captures our hearts at this time of year like no other, isn't it? Happy, heartache, hero, harmony. Here's what I wanted to suggest to you this morning, very quickly, very simply, is that there's a reason that that captures our hearts like no other at this time of year. And The reason is that the story that we love to see acted out in our Christmas films is this true story that we see lived out in the pages of the Bible. So like our beloved Christmas films, the Bible tells us that in the beginning things were happy. 
So because, you see, right at the heart of the Bible is a beautifully loving God. And he created the universe, he created the stars, he created the seas, he gave life to every single living being. And God looked on everything that he had made and he declared that it was good. It was good. On the pinnacle of his creation, he created man, he created male and female rather. Created mankind, every single human being, loved and known and valued and stamped with his image, made beautifully in the image of this beautiful God. And God looked on everything that he had made with this addition of man and woman. He declared that it was very good. You see, here at the beginning of the Bible story is the creator living in delightful unity with his creation. The Bible's opening scene is a joyously happy one, but that happiness, it soon gives way to heartache. Adam and Eve, we read God's first human beings, they, they turn away from God. They believe Satan's lie that God isn't all that he's cracked up to be, and they rebel against him by rejecting his words. And Houston, we have a problem, because sin has stained the set. Sin has separated us from our creator, God. And sin's effects run deep into the fabric of every single one of us. Now, when I was young, my brothers and I, we used to love playing this game that we called football in the hall. And we called it football in the hall because the game that we used to play was called football. And the arena that we used to choose to play this game was the hall. So don't ever let anyone tell you that Scots aren't a creative bunch, okay? So this was football in the hall, the game that we love to play. But we didn't just restrict this game to our hall. We used to go on tour and we used to take it to other people's halls to play this game. Remember this one time we went to my cousin's hall. And there we are, we're playing football in the hall. My cousin, Keenton Press, he swipes with his right, takes a kick, and he gloriously sends the ball into the net. So it's just, just the wall. Hits the ball into the wall. But what he doesn't realize is he gloriously hits the ball into the wall. He actually knocks down my auntie's pristine, expensive, top-of-the-range, loved plate, china plate, smash on the floor. Now, what do we do? We look at him. He looks at us. There we are. We're, we're desperately trying to piece it back together. We're desperately trying to pretend, cover it up like nothing's happened. We're desperately trying to get on with things and pretend that everything is cool. Trying to convince ourselves that everything will be okay. But we forget that my aunt is savvy. And she walks in, she takes one look at the plate that we've tried to put back together. And she knows the plate. And she loves the plate. And she sees straight to the truth. You see, this is what I love about the Bible. Is that it tells me the truth about my world that I live in. Tells me the truth about me. Tells me that I am beautiful. And it tells me that I am broken. It tells me, actually, that I am just like that plate. And it tells you that you are just like that plate. And it tells us that our world is just like that plate. No matter how we try and fix ourselves, no matter what we try and tell ourselves, no, what we, no matter what we try and fill ourselves with, we are beautiful, yet we are broken. We are just like that plate. And that brokenness that we all experience is something that we simply cannot shake. What do we need? We need a hero. 
We need a hero. In fact, we don't just need a hero, we need a saviour who's going to save us from our sin and our brokenness. Now, where is this hero going to come from? Well, he's not going to come from within. Remember, there was a song when I was growing up by this group called M People that will search for the hero inside yourself. Well, I had to look inside myself, and there is no hero in there. The answer, the hero through our story, is not going to be found within. The hero from our, in our story needs to come from above. And the wonderful truth that we see in the Bible is that even in the aftermath of sin, even in the aftermath of the consequences, God promised to heal the heartache. He promised to heal the heartache. God promised to send a saviour who would be the light, who would dispel the darkness. God promised to send a king who would come and tackle our sin problem head on. And we started thinking last week as a church that God described this hero that he would send. Described him as the wonderful counselor. And he described him as the mighty God. In other words, you don't just need a king who's going to be able to offer you wise words of counsel. He's not going to be able to just lead you with his words. Actually, he's going to be God in the flesh who's going to be able to do something who has the authority and the power to do something to lift you out of your heartache. So what do we celebrate at Christmas time? Having heard the promise of the hero that God would send, we look in the manger and we see the hero's grand unveiling. You see, Jesus is the hero who has stepped down into our heartache. And what did this hero do? Well, this God-man lived a totally obedient life. The one who is worthy of all praise would live a wholly selfless life. And the life that would start in the crib would end in the cross as God's perfect son takes the hit that you and I deserve for our sin upon himself. And why? Well, this hero came to make a way for our heartache to be turned into harmony. You see, God's hero came to make a way for you and I to be forgiven of our sin and to be made right with our Creator. God's hero came to make a way for you and I to be, to be begun to be put back together. God's hero came to change us. God's hero came to lift us out of our darkness. And God's hero came to make a way for you and I to be tapped back into the very reason that you and I were created in the first place. And that's to worship our God, to glorify him, and to enjoy him forever. Friends, if you ask me the reason that we love our Christmas films, is that deep down they tap into something that we long for would be true. And so as we look at the baby in the manger, as we look at the truth of the child Jesus in the crib, as we think about the wonder of the man Jesus on the cross, friends, the story is true. The story is true. The question is, will you make God's story your story? One of the films that I always love to watch at Christmas time and it's always on, isn't it? It's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. C.S. Lewis, the, the man who wrote these, uh, these books, essentially, he, he wrote them with the same plotline as every other Christmas film, didn't he? Happy, heartache, hero, harmony. 
But here's the thing, as Lewis was telling his stories, he realized he was telling not just a story that he liked, he was telling a story that he himself was in. Now, there are many great lines in those films, many great lines in the films, but here's my favorite from Mr. Beaver, great character. Mr. Beaver, he's speaking about Aslan, this, this character that Lewis has created to give us a picture of Jesus. Mr. Beaver, anticipating the day when Aslan returns, says this. There's an old rhyme in these parts. That wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. See, at Christmas we celebrate the arrival of heaven's hero. And we think about and we see a God with open arms who is beckoning us as his creatures to come home to him and to have life through his son. We finish with this. This is John chapter 1. Yet to all who did receive him, that is Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. Friends, think about your story this morning. Think about the Christmas stories that we love love to see, we love to see played out in front of us. Here's my question as we, we end this morning. Will you make your story God's story? Maybe just just as we close, why don't we just take a minute and let's just reflect on that together and then I'll lead us and close us in prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for Christmas. And Father, we ask that in amongst all the fun and all the festivities and all the presents that you would help us not to miss the greatest gift of all. Help us to not just see Jesus, but to accept Jesus as our King and as our Savior and as our Hero. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you that you're a great God. And we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen.